Welcome back to A Talk on Titan, presented by the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. I'm Brad. And I am Matt. And we are in episode 70, or was it 71? 70. 70. And what was it? Gabby Learns a Lesson. Yeah, that's the name of the title of the episode. Okay, the actual name is Deceiver, but I like mine better. Yeah, I like that better. Deceiver. Deceiver? I barely know her. <laughs> I'm funny, aren't I? Who was the deceiver and who was being deceived? I guess Flock? He's in the thumbnail. What did well, he do that's again? Just well, that's, that's just because Verve takes a random image. It doesn't mean anything. Everybody's lying to everybody else and everybody's deceiving. This is basically the episode where everybody lies about everything. Nobody wants the moral of Attack on Titan, which is don't be mean. <laughs> Dude, I am uh, just diving into this episode real quick. I am hoping that we get to the climax really soon because these episodes that are basically reinforcing things that I've learned through watching cartoons growing up is getting really old. Yeah, this episode. Don't be racist. This episode and the last episode, especially when looking back, it's a lot of the whole racism's bad, guy. Yeah. Racism bad, Aaron's changing, be nice. And I'm just like, yes, I can do all those things. But I think, I think, here's something, here's something before we just dive into the episode. I want to, I want to just interject really quickly a question that I've heard many people use as an argument on this season. Did, Brad, did you like season two of Attack on Titan? Let's see. Season two, let me preview the episodes. Try to remember what exactly happened in season two. Shit, that was a short season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the one with the introduction of the Beast Titan. That's the actually the flashback that was mentioned in this episode. That occurred in season two. The tower attack, Ymir, and all that. You know, the it's the Clash of the Titans arc, as they call it. Oh yeah, I kind of liked it. See, I know a lot of people have complaints about how that that season is a uh, slow mm -hmm. comparatively to the first but and they use that as a defense I i've seen it in a couple of instances but it kind of irks me and they've used that as a means to say well attack on titan builds up its time look at season two and i'm like season two had a thrill ride yeah of moments the scene where sasha was escaping you know the titan where the actual tower fall defension i don't know that's that entire you know the clash of the titans the final arc mm -hmm. you know where they're basically trying you know to recapture Eren. all that is a wondrous amount of action and thrilling sort of escapades that really pay off any sort of slow tension that you get in the second season you right wait was that the season where Eren like used the founding titan powers yes shit that was a good season yeah it's a good season it had a lot of things and a lot of the slow sort of burn built up into a like a fl a beautiful flare of a finale yeah and a lot of people i've seen online have said something to the effect of that hey this is what this final season is going to be like and i am like this final season is burning so slow that the water is not even bubbling mm -hmm. the water is still cold in this pot and yes we had some action scenes and stuff but it it doesn't feel like it's paying off to anything for me personally now there are some good sort of scenes I will admit some great character building in this season, especially as it concerns evil Aaron. 
as we will now call him, or I'm calling him. Yeah. But overall, this season's slow sort of boiling to revelations has, if it wasn't for the fact that we knew this was the final season and this was going to be a payoff to something, if this was just called the fifth season, I would fully be irked at this point that we're not reaching some sort of climax. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think one of the strengths of season two is that you had these uh, these groups of characters off doing their own thing. So you could have a slow talky bit with one group of characters and then offset that with action bits with another group of characters in the same couple of episodes. And it could give you the best of both worlds. Give you something right. for that world building, character building, and also for that action fix that you need. This one, we're in the same group. Well... They have multiple groups, but they're choosing to hide them. Uh, for both groups are talking about the other groups. Yeah, it is Legend of the Galactic Heroes out here. <laughs> you have, yeah, you have Gabby and Falco as their group. You have the Aaron Hate Squad with Armin and Mikasa and the gang talking about what Aaron did, and meanwhile flashing back to previous stuff and you then we go a little bit to reiner and that group and it's all it's all talking yeah this episode was really talk heavy Mm -hmm. and it was it wouldn't be so bad if it wouldn't wasn't like you know storybook morals just uh right like with this episode and the last episode just basic like they hate us because they don't know us. So if we go over there peacefully and let them know who we are, then they'll, then they'll forget their generations of racial hate and genocide, and the whole Gabby thing. What do you mean that the sins of the father are not the sins of the son? I don't get it. I don't understand. Yeah, and see, that's just, that's the problem is that for me personally is that that's placed against the moral ambiguity that Aaron's going through right now. Mm-hmm. We see that something is going on with Aaron. We don't know what his morals have sort of transfigured into. And that's interesting because our little boy is, he's being mean. Yeah. But we don't know why. We don't know what is going on in his mind. We know he always, he's always hated the Titans. And now that's kind of, you know, turned into a loathe, a sort of loathing of the Marlians. Mm-hmm. And I want to see that. I want to see more Aaron. And I don't like Aaron. More people go, like, you hate Gabby because you like Aaron. No, I hate, I don't like either one of them. I like evil Aaron, yeah. but that's just because I love me a morally ambiguous character. I can understand Gabby's side, uh, Gabby being used as an archetype for this argument, uh, but it's hard to understand that because we haven't seen her actual indoctrination. She, It's hard for us to figure out the line, which side of the line she's on, if she's a just a slave to her indoctrination or if she's leading far into it on her own accord and regardless of that this is an this is an argument we've seen plenty of times before and done better the whole oh yeah they think this these people are devils because she's been indoctrinated yeah that's cool but i want to see something better that's not a lot of it doesn't lead to a lot of convincing character building for her to suddenly have that light switch flipped of oh these people aren't bad they didn't do anything wrong i'm hating people for no reason 
Yeah, and I don't think that would really happen if you'd been subject to that kind of just propaganda over and over in your life. That feels really weird if they do suddenly have... It would feel really poor writing for Attack on Titan as a predecessor if she suddenly flipped that moral switch and said, yeah, you know what? I was wrong. I don't think that would be stupid. Something like that you know? takes years of reconditioning. And just that happens in real life. Years of reconditioning. That's what it's called. And... Attack on Titan does not have that much time, both in its lore and in the episode count, for them to go through that. So, I yeah. mean, especially considering Gabby killed one of the people she hates, so she has that extra bit of action to cement her her worldview. Now she's suddenly like, oh, oopsies. Yeah, and it's not doing... I don't know if it's really me. It could be just the fact that I am a full-on member of the Gabby Hate Squad. But even these sort of scenes where she's being forced to eat with the Browse family mm-hmm. and going, oh, they're devils. I don't want to eat devil food. Yeah. It just it doesn't. I don't like this character enough to be interested in her moral re, you know, like her restructuring. Yeah. I don't care about this character. I haven't seen her enough. The focal POV character in the Marleyan epic has usually been Falco. I'm more invested in Falco. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing how Falco reacts to things than Gabby. And so trying to play up any sort of Gabby is good, Gabby, Gabby's changing. It even if she hadn't killed my Baytato. <laughs> I, I still would not care about this character. I'd probably dislike her a whole lot less, in all honesty. But I haven't been given this sort of connection with her as I have been with Falco. And when we started, I thought I wouldn't care about either, any of these characters. But seeing Falco sort of, you know, leaning into the curve as they go out on their own and as he just goes forward to protect this awful little gremlin known as Gabby mm-hmm. has been really just endearing, I would want to say. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, that does make a lot more sense. Falco is a lot more believable character for this type of uh, character arc they want to set out. Because Falco has that same level of indoctrination as Gabby, but even at the beginning, he has a lot of... He has a compassionate stint to him that he wants to protect Gabby. And then he has his talks with Aaron and Reiner independently, and which is shaping his worldview... Then he sees them talking together, and he learns the truth about how these people he thought were devils were being attacked the same way that the Marlians were. So he has the, yeah. that flip of, oh, well, maybe it's just bad on both sides. Meanwhile, you have yeah. Gabby over here being like, yeah, 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 I'm going to be the armor titan. Ugh. Get the yeah. fuck out of my way, Falco. <laughs> yeah, the... the I mean, even if some of Falco's development, especially in sort of this episode, as he's saying, you know, he is kind of being the armament of the situation, saying, hey, maybe there are things we're not understanding. Maybe there are things we're not comprehending, you know? Yeah. Meanwhile, Gabby is just being completely Aaron Yeager. And, (laughs) I mean, Aaron is not a very likable character in the beginning. I mean, he does kind of represent those shonen protagonists. I'm going to be the best vibes. Mm Mm-hmm. But seeing just Gabby go through it, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that there is some sort of payoff for this character and what goes on. But in this episode, you know, it was a whole lot of talking. It was, you know, the deceiver being flock (laughs) saying, hey, I told them about what Aaron did and they like it. Yeah. 
I do like the callouts that they did for uh, younger characters, like the the girl that Mikasa saved at the very beginning of the show, and the um, mm. uh, who is he? Oh yeah, the the girl that Sasha saved coming back as different sides of the um, Eldian, like the modern Eldian. Uh, well, they had a new name, the New Eldian Empire or something like that. Yeah, which I... Let's uh, go on a little tangent about that. I have an issue with that, with this centuries-long nation, like, having their memory wiped. I don't know what they called themselves before, but imagine if this happened in to in our world, where the United States, we call ourselves Americans, We've had, we have been for a couple centuries now, and we come across some news that, oh, hey, we're actually descendants from these people who are called Eldians. And do you think in, like, five years' time we're just going to start calling ourselves Eldians as part of the national zeitgeist? I don't think so. I do believe that for a single goddamn minute. Yeah, that's really peculiar, too. I mean, that's re- well, you know, nationalism is really scary. Whenever people get focused on what makes them different from other people and that becomes their character, yeah. that really be, makes some problem. Well, you know, everybody's different in their own special ways and we should celebrate the differences. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give my own <laughs> PSA now, I guess, before, so I can cover up my tracks before I say something awful out of context. But we're all different in unique ways. But when you take your difference and set it as nationalism and say, hey, I'm the Eldians and we're better than everybody else yeah. and we can, are going to form an empire. For one thing... I've seen a lot of movies. I've seen a lot of things. You never call yourself the Empire. You never call yourself the Empire. Even in historical context, the Roman Empire, the Byzantium Empire, all those empires, they fall. Either you're going to, you're setting yourself up for failure. Fail, failure, failure <laughs> is being either a person who is going to have everything they collect crumble, a la historical means, or you're going to be the bad guy because you're the Empire and you have. I mean, there's just mm-hmm. no way calling yourself the New Eldian Empire or whatever they call themselves is just, it's not going to work. Yeah. There's always going to be those fanatical splinter groups, but for for the the press and the military to be referring themselves, well, the military, I can understand, they always have that insider knowledge, but for the press and the general public to be referring themselves unironically as Eldian seems kind of off, but I don't have any idea what this, na- this nation didn't even have a name. It's just the walled city, and the people were just, you know, the people. They didn't call themselves anything. Yeah. And I just... I don't know, man. I just... I don't... Like, I think one of the things that has been kind of cool going through this season has been has seeing what revelations from the end of season three have integrated themselves into this new cult... to this culture and what it has affected them personally. Yeah. But it hasn't been in any way that I've really been sort of excited to see. Now, there's the samurai. I forget their name. The the Japan. Oh, they've been they've been cool seeing how they're going. You know, they're being you know, they're acting behind everybody's back. And that's interesting. There's a lot of interesting things at play, but the talk and the discussion, none of it's just paying off into interesting sort of moment to moment watching for me, except that horse. <laughs> oh, that horse is going to be, that horse is going to be a protagonist of the year in a, the 2021 Odomel Awards. <laughs> Best boy of the year, that horse. 
Yeah, the Azumabito, that's their name. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the talks with Azumabito and Paradise is very Star Wars Episode 1. Ah, yes, the Jedi are coming here to negotiate trade discussion between the Federation and the Senators from Naboo. Who have blocked off all inner trade because... Get to the foyer! Yeah, there's just... I mean, there's cool stuff, and I know it's going to pay off. I mean, they, they, at the end of the episode, they basically said they're going to, you know... They're gonna try. They are testing out the rumbling. They've evacuated mm-hmm. people. The rumbling is going to be happening. Yeah, and it's exciting. And there are cool little moments, like seeing Hanji sort of descent into despair a little bit yeah. over her what she feels is or what they feel is their incapabilities as you know the scout corps leader. It's it's cool. Like there's cool moment to moment stuff. But the moment-to-moments that are happening are so f- distant between moments of talking that aren't enhancing my experience are just, you know, like, I'm not stupid. Well, I might be stupid. I might need a couple of ODM practice gear scenes or mm-hmm. something like that to keep my entertainment up. But I'm not as hooked as I normally am. Yeah. Compared Comparatively to the last three, se- th- last three seasons. But again, mm. we will need to do a binge on this when it's all released and see how it holds up. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to do a binge just to sort of look at the season in retrospect. Because I feel again like, you know, I don't handle seasonals like you where I binge them. I watch them week to week. Mm-hmm. And then I forget for a couple of weeks and then go, oh, I've got f- <laughs> I've got like 20 episodes to watch. Yeah. But I do feel like, and this is, you know, definitely an off tangent, but binge culture and weekly culture are very different things. You have a week to wait on what the next episode is going to be. And all you can do is think about last episode. Yeah. And so you you kind of have this ability where you're crucially and critically analyzing each episode more. And doing that for Attack on Titan may not be the best for me, really and truly. But I do feel like the previous three seasons had a lot more sort of intensity and even the attack on Marley, while it was a f- a pretty great scene of action, it ended very abruptly. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it wasn't up to the same sort of echelon that I have for this series. And I don't want to say that's Ma- Mappa's fault, because I don't feel like it is. I feel like there's a lot of good stuff going on in those episodes where there is action. I mean, the ODM gear scenes look really good when they weren't using, you know, CG ruthlessly yeah i mean we did we had two episodes plus the cold open of the invasion of marley and for god's sakes in season one the battle of trust lasted eight episodes no nine episodes yeah and that battle was intense and the fallout from it was you know was spectacular to see yeah and the 57th expedition one two three four five six six episodes then you had the raid on stohes district was a was the last three episodes that was mm-hmm. fucking intense yeah there's i think the fault is that we're comparing it to previous seasons because there's a lot of intense scenes and fun like engaging action and that melds well with character drama mm-hmm. and this season has been a lot of just character drama 
not mixed with sort of the critical action that we have come to expect from Attack on Titan. A lot of it has been a lot of lore dumps because we have this entire continent of Marley, Azumabito, and all the other neighboring nations. We got to find out what they're thinking, what they want to do, and how these characters are going to react in reaction to that. And it's going to lead to a lot more talking and a lot less action. And that's fine. I mean, I don't have anything against that. I feel like there are some things I really do want to see from this show. Just, to, I would love. I know Attack on Titan does a lot of spinoff manga. You know, you've got No Regrets. You know, Lost Girls. They do spinoff manga and light novels fairly frequently. Yeah. I would love there to be a manga series devoted to, you know, candidates in the Warrior Program, like going straight from the bottom to the, uh, you know, to that program, sort of like what I feel like they kind of wanted to do with Gabby and Falco being, you know, sort of a flip the script, mm-hmm. you know, showing how the enemy gets their scout corps regiment, you know? Yeah. But I think that would be really great for me is to see more lore into Marley, see perhaps exactly how their government functions, because I don't think lore dumps are bad. I think, you know, the lore dump that went on to how the walls operate and how their political system and how they'll tear each other apart was really was really fun to see but this just hasn't had a lot of that sort of same sort of you know just enjoyable dumping yeah i would like to see more if they invest with how much they're investigating into marley i want would like to see more on how marley is able to justify their worldview and what kind of indoctrination falco and gabby are receiving to where they believe that they're in the right and that this is like this they accept that this is the way they live and this is the way things are instead of like oh they run internment camps because Eldens did a bad thing but now we're doing the same bad thing but it's justified because you know it's their prison sentence right I don't know man I, I feel like there's just a lot really and missing here in this episode again had some cool moments from talking to talking moment to moment gabby getting eaten (laughs) getting mauled by a horse was fantastic and you know the payoff of seeing these flashbacks of all these characters who are rescued and seeing them sort of culminate in how they affected their life especially the girl that sasha rescued Mm -hmm. that was it was kind of cool to see you know, how that affected her. She was a little bit of a standout for this episode for me. You know, talking about how she could only just sit there and w- listen to her mom get eaten. Yeah. And she, then... She was a hard bitch. I mean, Gabby hold a pitchfork and, and she's like, do it. <laughs> yeah, Go ahead and see st- how, how much better that makes you feel. <laughs> she was, and she had those crazy eyes when she was talking to Gabby, like those absolute crazy eyes. Well, she suffered. She's got to pay for her sins. What did my mom do? You see me <laughs> a thousand years ago. What did my mom do? But you know that you guys really did. What did my mom do? <laughs> and I was like, just, I was just saying, like, kill her. Kill, kill, kill the Gabby. Do it. Do it. Break her down. And... It was just, I just, I mean, like, I also understand that Gabby is a kid and that that's indoctrination, but it's just annoying. Mm-hmm. It's just, you guys are paying for what you did. Your mom deserved it. 
hate you, Gabby. Gabby hates Squad. Rise up. Yeah, Gabby feels like a vehicle, not so much as a character. This is true. Gabby is supposed to represent the POV of an indoctrinated Marlin, but unfortunately, Gabby's already unlikable. So, but yeah. being but a boom doesn't matter. Falco is a character. I want to see more of Falco. I want to see the Falco show. I want to see Falco and Aaron have a debate, and where's Aaron is like, it's all hell. We'll all burn, and there's no point in fighting it. And Falco's like, but there's hope, or something like that. But there's hope. Man, I can't wait to just see. Uh, I'm just here for the rumbling. Let the rumbling happen. Yeah, just I want. It. I want them to try to, uh, like do some test rumblings, but then that didn't go to plan. And then Marley is like, "We're here," and they just have to go full rumbling, untested. And j- I just, yeah. I just want chaos. Well, what was I telling you before that Marley was gonna be like, "Hey." How dare they come in and stomp our capital? We're going to go get them. Mm-hmm. And now they're coming. The Marleyans are coming. And they're going to try. That's I think what you just said is going to happen. They're going to be like, let's try a one- test Wumbly. <laughs> yeah, didn't that happen this episode where Reiner and the gang were talking and they were saying, hey, we have a, a coalition to go against Paradise. It will happen in a year or half a year. And, yeah, and- Reiner was saying, listen, they're going to be ready. We just got to do this now. So, yeah, you've, you're you spot on. Yes. And I think that's going to be cool when they go across the sea and they're going to be like, time to take the walls back. And then the walls crumble and they're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think what's... I'm curious to see what's going to happen when the rumbling actually goes down. I do not think that Aaron is going to have good control of it or he's going to take control of it. And something awful is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Something that we haven't had a really play off of is how the founding Titan can affect people in the past and future. Yeah. Because that's been something that's been a little bit on my mind for the entirety of this is, you know, that scene where when Grisha was talking to, you know, the whatever, the dude who brought him over to Paradis. He said, I got to protect Mikasa and Armin. And they're like, who's Mikasa and Armin? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Ooh, it's a surprise tool that hopefully will come to play later. I think it will. I think, like, I think it will. It's something that's been on my mind since that happened because it's been, can the founding Titan affect people across timelines? And if so, well, that, that, that does also mean that you know, what if King Ymir, you know, the one who originally had the Founding Titan who wanted Paradis to be closed off, what if he says, hey, Aaron, my, Aaron, my boy, <laughs> you seem to be using my, you seem to be using my Titan. Time to mess your memories up. Mm-hmm. Which could be what's happening, too. You know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get a lot of theories here. But that's just a theory. An otaku theory. Catch you next time. Oh, oh yeah, that's right, Matt Pat. Did not. I forgot you were doing a bit. <laughs> Dude, is Matt Pat even doing anything? What can you make theories on anymore? He makes theories on games and movies and TV shows. I think. I'm waiting for oh, him to cool. do book theories. <laughs> book, theory. book theories. <laughs> Ugh. A book is just a magazine with no pictures, but that's just a theory. <laughs> I will, 
it'll probably be stuff like, The Hunger Games is actually an allusion to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Are all the are all the wizards in Harry Potter in hell? <laughs> are the Dementors actually Dark Patronuses? Actually, that would be a pretty solid theory. Hmm. Where do the Dementors come from? That's actually... I don't know. Who cares? J.K. Rowling is creatively bankrupt now. Who cares? Harry Potter's done. Let's just enjoy what we have. Wow. The fans can make better stuff. This is probably true. Trans women are real women. Yeah. I, I I remember that fanfic of, like, if the Slytherin house actually joined in with, like, the movie 7 stuff. And they weren't just like, oh, we're Slytherin, so we're the bad guys. But it was like yeah. this intense drama of like, I'm a Slytherin, my parents are Death Eater, I don't, I don't want to fight them, but I don't want to be bad. Yeah, that's a good, that's a, that's a solid story right there. Yeah. But no, no I don't Sly- <laughs> Slytherin's the evil house. <laughs> you know the four features of people, of bravery, smartness, evil, and miscellaneous? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, did you just call Hufflepuff's miscellaneous? <laughs> you have a lot of miscellaneous personality, Hufflepuff. <laughs> I have not thought of, well, I've thought about Harry Potter fairly recently, but I have not read the books in a while. I haven't read the books at all. Well, you can't read, so this I don't, is no. I'm not surprised. The fact you can read subtitles is an amazement. I just look at them and the meaning enters my mind. I don't know how it works. <laughs> I don't like to read, but I'm not going to do dubs. <laughs> I like your funny squiggles, Magic Man. <laughs> I like the way you got funny squiggles, Magic Man. <laughs> Craig throwing the th- Obama thanking the Japanese for anime and manga right here. <laughs> Excuse me. Look it up. He legitimately was like, "We have so much to thank, thank you for all the things we love from Japan, like karate and karaoke, manga, and anime, and of course emojis." Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you, Obama. <laughs> Literally saying for going up to the person whose culture is based around a lot more than just that and then saying, Thank you. Thank you for Evangelion. <laughs> Truly the president of weebs. Thank you, Japan. Your thousand years of history have led up to anime and manga, and that's what's truly important. <laughs> I mean, it'd be like somebody coming, like some German going like, thank you, America, for For your Big Macs, for the Big Mac, Marvel Comics, and Playboy Magazines, Playboy Magazine, and Too Fast, Too Furious. I especially like the multiculturalism of Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Truly thank you, breaking America. all boundaries. Thank you, America, for Vin Diesel. Wait a minute. Is Vin Diesel American? Oh, uh, sure.
Sure. Oh, he is. Huh. Dude's 53. No way. That's wild. Dang, Van Diesel. You old. Oh, Dwayne Rock Johnson's 48, too. And speaking of people who are rock hard, <laughs> this has been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. We have been your hosts, Brad, and I have been Matt. <laughs> you can go to our website at otakumelancholy.com to see all our links to our past, present, and future episodes. Ooh. And also, all our social media, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also join the Discord and join the Gabby Hate Squad. Or join the, the other people. Those guys. I don't talk about them. They'll be crushed under our heel soon enough. We'll goose step them soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> While the fourth op- while the what, Wait, fifth opening. Fifth opening, sorry. While the Wait, no. Sixth. Yeah, sixth, sixth opening, please. But that has been it. That has been show. Goodbye. Take care. Gambate. <laughs>